Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Diversity Remix, only provocative conversations at the intersection of business, politics, and culture. I'm Charlie Echeverry. And I'm Jesus Chavez. This week's episode, a special one-year anniversary episode of TDR. It's such an amazing privilege to be announcing our 53rd episode of TDR. Now, you think about this as a one-year anniversary, and 53 is not the number of weeks that are in a year. Normally, it's 52. But based on a number of sundry and irrelevant um, instances... We actually, because we did a double issue uh, episode and we also skipped a week, we figured out that actually our 53rd episode, which is this week, is our one-year anniversary. So um, we're celebrating our uh, full one-year anniversary of TDR with welcoming back a guest who was previously on our show, Marcos Klein Marquez, who was on our uh, two-part uh, episode, actually the first and only two-part episode. That was episode 22, I believe. Marcos is a multi-hyphenate producer, director, creator, maker, Latino domain expert, and friend of the show, who uh, joins us from his production company, Altered.LA. And we're really just incredibly proud to welcome him uh, to mark our one-year anniversary. I also want to take this opportunity to thank all of you for listening to the show, for giving your feedback on the show, for, you know, spending a little bit of time of your day with this, you know, amazing experiment that's been an incredible learning experience for me and for my co-host. And on that note, I do want to also thank my business partner and co-host Jesus Chavez for an incredible journey in putting the show together over the course of the last year. We've learned a tremendous amount and I think have um, come together more closely as business partners and friends. And I learn a lot every time I interact with Jesus. And I hope the same can be true in reverse. So I um, want to thank you, brother and partner, for being a part of the show. Love you. And um, just really excited about this uh, one-year milestone in our journey. So without further ado, welcome to the first year anniversary of TDR. By the way, I do have to comment on something from the last time you were on the show, by the way. Are we, is, are we, are we on? Yeah, I mean, of course is we are. Of course we are. Spe- talking Cheers. To that, Happy birthday. Talking to that microphone. Thank you very much. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. Salud, Jesus. Salud. Salud. I, I do have to make one comment from, um, from uh, the last time you were on, episodes 22 and 23. No, actually, it was all, it was all one episode. It was episode 22 in two parts. Yeah, that's right. Is that you have a great voice, dude. Sometimes. No, you do. You have a really good voice. Yeah, I've been told. I've been yeah. t- you know who told me that last time was Carlos Sanchez, who you guys have been talking to. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, just had, uh, uh, I just had lunch with him. Mm-hmm. I just had lunch with him, Carlos. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, legendary. Yeah. 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 He said I have a great face for radio. Is he is and he an authority on voices? Well, I don't know, but he was pretty impressed with mine. I think his wife got jealous. 
Nice. A little bit. But you do have a good voice, which is, which is, I think, more important than people give it credit to on podcasts. If you have a nice sounding voice, it keeps you engaged. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's got a, like a meditative quality to it. I think it's important not just in podcasts, though. True. No, I think across the board. But it's, not, the, it's not about having a, a, you know, a good voice for radio. It's just not having a shitty one in real life. Good point. Right? There's a lot of people that have like, you know, shitty voices. I just remember something, mm-hmm. Asus. We should turn off the wall unit. Yeah, so your fine. so your microphone doesn't get screwed up. So go turn that off. And maybe then, maybe the, Jesus's voice will sound better. <laughs> By the way, Jesus is another guy who's got a good voice. It's just there's just a lot of it. <laughs> um, the so oversaturation. Marcos, welcome again to the show. This is our one year anniversary. This is our happy birthday, as it you is. as you called out. It so, is a privilege. Thank you very much. Well, it's a privilege to have you. Um, we were do, cr- trying to do the math at some point, right? We did, um, this is episode technically 53, mm-hmm. but we had a double episode with you, and then we had a, a week where we missed an episode. So on some level, we're just thinking it all evens out, and this, this so, is so our one year. We have or, no idea when. <laughs> or, or, ne- or next week. <laughs> or next the, week. Or two weeks the, ago. It could have been. It could have been, you know, it's kind of a I think, moving target. If anything, I think we're past it, actually. I Probably, think the, I think yeah, the math is in the favor of us having already had our one-year anniversary. But nevertheless, we're using this as a time to market. So We're just going to pick pick a date. So true is to form, one? we're having a couple drinks. This is a very loosely formatted, that is to say, not formatted show. We haven't done all the typical research, so we're just going to have a little, little throwdown, a little conversation. Might pull up some clips of The Office. I showed... <laughs> I showed uh, <laughs> I don't know if Jesus has told you this story, but um, you know he's not he's not want for punctual like exclamations and emails. You know everything is like period, dot period. You know, and two, so I, two I, two spaces or one after the period, uh, one. Oh Jesus! One. But there's like there's whatever the 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 version of negative emotion is on punctuation. <laughs> that's Jesus. Has that's it. Jesus. So I <laughs> I showed him the clip. I don't know if you remember this in the office where uh, where Dwight and Jim are planning. Kelly's birthday because they missed it, mm-hmm. and Dwight is decorating the conference room, <laughs> and he has he prints out on like a dot matrix printer, and it says it is your birthday. Period. <laughs> <laughs> and Jim walks in and is like, "It is your birthday." He's like, "It's a statement of fact." It's like <laughs> she didn't like cure polio. You know what I mean? And it's like every email I see sends uh, is like, "We are very excited." Period. Period. Thank you for the million dollars. Period. period. <laughs> so. Anyway. At least I'm consistent, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) So um, we're going to just, you know, talk about a bunch of different things. Um, It's been quite a year. We're sharing a little bit about kind of the things that we've learned over the course of this last year. I thought it would actually kind of be cool to think about, I don't know, Jesus, maybe like your highlights, right? Things that you like from the last 53 episodes or... You know, maybe an episode but, or but two. Like, that I think out. one thing that um, I was having a conversation with my cousin, and um, we actually he was listening to one of the episodes where I told actually it was last week where so I was telling the story about Penny, and he, he was oh, yeah, okay. he was like, oh, that's like that's a like that's a really good story you just told, and I was thinking to myself in terms of like what I've learned, I think I have gotten better at telling stories, and just in the practice of just having the conversation, L- longer stories. They're all very long. <laughs> I didn't say better at shorter stories. I'm I'm really referring to painting the picture. Right, 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 right. Theater of the mind, as Charlie likes to say. More more chapters. More chapters. The good thing about Jesus is that whenever you're on a conference call, 
you know he's got a question like loaded. So you don't. It's not a, never a question of like you know feeling like oh there's that moment of dead air. There's that moment of like you put me on the spot. This way it's what I don't have a question. And then like he just turns on me like I'm sure as soon as he has any question I'm, sure. I'm thinking myself crap I gotta go but he does question really and he brings it up. It's amazing. Well, I've got a question for the two of you. How is the, how is your relationship evolved now that you've done this for over for about a year? Hmm, that's that's a great question. Uh, how has it evolved? I think it's um. Because I've been asked the question, like, are there ever, ever cases where you guys, like, really, really disagree on something and it turns, like, into an issue or, like, you're, like, upset with each other or anything like that? And I, I can't say that that is the case. Um, there's plenty of things that we've disagreed on, for sure. Um, I think that's part of the nature of this conversation. But in most cases, even I think when we, like, really disagree on it, like, it's just kind of kind of thing, like, okay, kind of turn the page, this type of situation, um, and in terms of my relationship with Charlie, I think it's been a good window for me personally to better understanding a whole group of people that I didn't fully understand. And, and I told Charlie, part of my aha moment was literally when Trump got elected. Like, it was like, oh, you really are have been seeing a very, a very narrow view of society, of people. Mm-hmm. Because I was one of those, and I've, I've told this story before, and I told Charlie definitely, where, like, I was... I was shocked. Like I was one of those people. Like, there's no way. Like this, this idiot. Like, you kidding me? Well, like, I think a lot of people who voted for him were also shocked. I mean, everything no, but, but still, at the but, moment was I don't know pointing. He wasn't shocked. Yeah, but still, yeah. like, there I is, think he was shocked. On there, some there level. is a thing sure. about being shocked, but there's also like where you just don't see. You can't fathom the idea. Well, yeah, of I mean, how a, there, he would have that much support. Right. Right. right? And it, and it goes to a point like, okay, you can think of that in two ways. One way that many people that are on my side of the aisle will think about it, like, oh, well, it's a bunch of racist people. Mm-hmm. But we should think, like, that broader support group, like, that can't be the case. So if, if that isn't the case, then then what is it? Then there is other issues, needs that were being ignored, at least people felt they were being ignored, that mm-hmm. I haven't given enough thought to. So I think part of what I think I've, I've gained in these conversations has been, I think, a broader view of understanding of trying to understand people that just have a different mm-hmm. value system point of view than, than I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for me, um, I, I definitely think a lot of that. There's some practical things that I picked up on, you know, the the amount of work and time and energy that it takes to put these things together and to actually be thoughtful about the subjects, right? Mm-hmm. Because, like, in regular conversations, it's so easy to go, oh, yeah, here's my thought. Like, frankly, to the extent we bring up any of the topics we identified on this show today, it'll be that – that'll be – That'll be what I would normally do mm-hmm. is like I've got 10% of the data and I'm going to give you 100% of my opinion, right? Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So noticing the fact that how many times I would give 100% of my opinion with 10% of the information, mm-hmm. I think this show has helped me understand that, right? right? Now, I'm not even saying I've got 100% of the information now. I'm still giving 100% of my opinion, but I'm doing it on the basis of like 80% of the information. That was, I think, one of the genesis when we were, well, not genesis, but as we were talking about creating the show and what it would be. Uh, one of the points of reference that I had, and it was something that was really important to me personally, I think I told, I told Charlie, Charlie this, is like I didn't want this to ever be just a pure, pure opinion where like, we were just talking out of you know out of our ass the entire time. Mm-hmm. Like with no information, just like all right. 100% opinion. Like I really wanted it to be at least based on some level of information. I think, of course, you still, at the end of the day, is an opinion conversation. Or, but based or, or, on an or an interpretation. Or interpretation, sure. Yeah. Like, but I wanted to at least base the conversation on something that was tangible um, and that is a part of like, you know, I talked about this a week ago or two weeks ago, like the level of work that's required 
part of it is that is like going back and actually digging into it. Mm-hmm. I th- by the way, one of the other things that I think the, the, the learning is this whole idea of like really digging into the sources. Sure. And that I, I gave Charlie lots of credit on that, right? Because you'll see the 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 packaging of a story of a, of an issue. And you already know to look at it based on based on whatever filter is being used, depending on who is talking about it, right? Whatever their lens is, and then fine, you can read that. But then, whenever possible, go and actually look at the actual news, the actual statement, the actual law, the actual policy, the actual quote, the, the actual quote. Of, yeah. All of these things, you're like, huh? It's actually right. maybe a little bit different than what this thing. Yeah, was meant headlines. To be, you know? Headlines yeah. are, are are clickbait, right? Headlines yeah. are, are meant to to, mm-hmm. to, to say to sell. They're, but they're once you so get terrible. into it, yeah, yeah. Uh, once you get into it, you realize that oh, maybe, maybe I'm being misguided a little We've bit. We've gotten really good at that too. What about you, Marcos? I mean, I know you've heard your episode probably six times, but to the extent you've heard any other episode that we've done, six, what do you think has happened? You've known us for years. What six is times. The, yeah. What's your take as an outsider looking in? Six times a, a night. Six times a night. Uh, your own. Love Every hearing, other episode. Hearing my zero. Voice. Zero. <laughs> uh, no, I think you guys have gotten consistently better at it. Right. Um, I think there's there's um, uh, if anything, it's it's you've always been good at choosing the themes. You've always been good at at at, at developing them. But I think the storytelling part of it, I think you're, you're, you've become much more the word. Obviously, the word is not concise, but to the point, at least as it pertains. I am fucking digging into that. <laughs> just like reach out and just hit them. One time. Uh, no, but it's but, but every but. But the points that you guys make are intelligent or well thought out or well defended. I think that part has kind of evolved a little bit as well, mm-hmm. right? Where it might have started off as more of the opinion side. N- not that it wasn't based off a of fact, but now you've gotten to a point where you are backing it up like two, three levels in. I think that's fair. Right. Um, and now and now, let me ask you something. Has this helped you? Because right now, all of, both of the answers you gave me were about this and the, and the show itself. Mm-hmm. But has this year helped you guys develop other skills that have helped you in your business aside from the podcast? I mean, I think so. I I definitely think so. I think it's, you know, being more empathetic, being more understanding, being more open to different things, I think is always good for Mm -hmm. relationships and for business. And I think for me, it's also given us something to work toward together, right? Because even though you're, you, you work together as a team, you each have your, it's a complimentary skill set, right? Jesus is really good at, you know, strategy and process and punctuation. <laughs> 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 not going to awesome. let it go. Wow. <laughs> Salute, nope. dude. That's great. No, I'm that's not going awesome. to let awesome. it go. No, punctuation is not his strong suit. <laughs> not my strong suit. But, um, but he's really good at strategy and process and throughput and really thinking about the way that things should work and how to get the sausage made. And I know sometimes I say that and it may make him feel like, oh, that's like a smaller level thing. But that's so important, right, that he's good at that. And I'm good at, you know, saying things like we're approaching a million, right, when it's like, 18. But that's that's fine because it is approaching million, right? <laughs> so we all have our complementary things, but what 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 I think this has helped is also to us work together towards something mm-hmm. like that's ours. You see what I'm saying? Rather than you do your part, I do my part, and it works as something for someone else. This is our thing. And and did you guys I mean when you started it off, you I mean I, I know I've known you guys for years, right? So there's I, I know the level of commitment that you had, but did you visualize this? Um, I don't know. By the way, fun fact: our very, very first episode we ever recorded was at your office. That's right. 
That was because we did like four. What? Yeah, we did like four oh, practice runs. Yeah, 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 right, yeah, right. yeah. We did like the we did the very first time. Shout was out like to Alter.LA. In your library. That's right. Uh, that's where we recorded the very first that's one. That's right. Um, we did like a dozen of those things yeah, or some yeah, yeah. crazy amount. Yeah, just so you guys understand the process. Yeah, we basically, I think it was four or five practice It was a lot, episode, though, just right? to see what it actually, how it just actually Just try to figure out what it was, right? Like, it, do we have a thing here? One of the things, Marcos, to your, to your question is that there was a couple of things that we knew we did want to do and things that we didn't want, make sure it wasn't, right? What we didn't want to be is just one more of these... Um, there are just so many of these kind of just interview kind of mm-hmm. conversations, right? Where you get like, and I've, I've kind of made fun of Charlie. Though he was on, a, I don't need to mention the podcast, but he was on a podcast where like the questions were as a guest, as a guest, where the guy was asking him questions that he could have easily not even heard the answer. There were like all the cookie cutter response uh, questions you could probably like think about in a row. Mm-hmm. Think about like the of terrible interviewer that mm-hmm. has like five questions they need to get through, mm-hmm. and they don't really give a shit about what you're saying. Sure. They're answer. not like, even listening. They're, sure. they're not even listening. Like it doesn't matter what you. Say like, mm-hmm. oh, that's super interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, what is like your biggest right. inspiration right. for like you right. know for how you've been successful? Tell me that. You know, let's talk about that. And it was just terrible. All of it was terrible. So we didn't want to do that. We knew that was that was a big part of it. But part of the initial intent, to be perfectly honest, is that we saw it as uh, we actually discussed even back at CES, the thing in in twenty in January of of twenty twenty. Well, we talked about a potential of doing a podcast, but as a B two B effort. Mm-hmm. Maybe having actually at that point we actually were talking more much more like interviewing of interviewing marketers you know folks in the industry and the more we started kind of getting into the detail into the, the detail of, of what it could be I think the more it started to get shaped into something that had to be more of a format had mm-hmm. to have a structure that wasn't going to be it always contemplated having interviews of folks that could be part of the conversation but never that it was going to be like a straight interview show mm-hmm. and um, and that's kind of started how it started kind of evolving. Uh, I mean, you there. never you never know how long things are going to go on. But if you would have said then, hey, you're going to do 53 th- of these things in a row, you know, develop, you know, campaigns around them, create a whole process on how to study the subjects, bring guests on board, you know, build out a little build studio. A studio. Like, oh, right. I, I would have said, no, nah, probably not. We're probably going to do a few of these and we're probably going to go on to the next right. thing and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I would have said probably not to that. Yeah. Um, and, and actually – you know, just as a, a little teaser, even though we can't actually announce what it is, um, I, I will tell you that our show is actually being picked up by, um, you know, pretty significant network awesome. in in this space. We'll we'll be able to announce it hopefully very soon. But yeah. so, well, congrats you know, on that. That's a thank great, you. Uh, yeah, that's great you. achievement. You know, the next stage to hopefully evolution of what this you know can become. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, would you ever do one, Marcos? The podcast. Yeah, like I mean, just uh, you ever give it? You ever thought? Yeah, about yeah, it? I, put, I, put, I put a lot of thought into it. As a matter of fact, one, one of the reasons we built out the podcast studio in the uh, in the office was to be able to to develop more and more of them. And and there are a few ideas that have bounced around, and we were you know hours away at some stage from 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 doing the pilot. And you know, honestly, work has been uh, whereas in the middle of the pandemic, work was uh, you know it was slow. Uh, we've been nonstop. I That's just, awesome. I have not been able Even to. Even when you came in the last time, I think you were like, it's still, it was a little bit like, oh, what's right, happening? Right. And now, now it's just, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely not. So I, yeah, I have a lot of, uh, a lot of interests and uh, there's one particular format that we, that we landed on that I would have liked to, uh, to, to move forward with. And we probably will, but uh, right this minute we need to, we're in the process of growing. Yeah. <laughs> Those growing pains can be, uh, can be consuming. What, what, what would the show be about? To the extent that you know, uh, or what could it be? 
you know, I'm, I'm, as you know, I've always been fascinating and interested in uh, specifically the relationship between Mexico and the United States and border border areas as, as, as it extends, you know, further yeah. south and, and further north. So one of the things that, that that's always fascinated me is uh, policy within the United States, different laws and that, that may or may not pop up uh, equally in Mexico, but not how they affect just the United States or just the country of origin, but the neighbor to the north and to the south. Yeah. So it becomes really interesting when you have a community uh, or individuals like myself who are, you know, uh, you know, dual national and you want to see for the benefit of, mm -hmm. of, of your of your two countries, but in you know, undoubtedly there are going to be laws passed that are going to benefit one over the other, right? right. And so finding those nuances and finding an, uh, a, a balance between them and being able to have dialogue with both sides is saying, well, why did we do this and why did we do this on the opposite side? And how does it benefit both of us or maybe not, I think is an interesting conversation. And there's hundreds of examples that you could dig into. Uh, anything from uh, immigration law, of course, is the obvious one to, uh, you know, to tariffs uh, and taxations on certain imports and mm. why some and why others not, mm. right? Um, wonderful examples all the way back to, 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 to the original NAFTA of, uh, you know, the United States continuing to allow the subsidy of its corn, thereby, you know, killing the industry in Mexico. And it's uh, awkward to, to, to see some of the impact that that had all throughout Mexico, where hundreds and thousands of farmers went, uh, you know, out of work because they could not compete with the U.S. dollar. It's amazing that a farmer in Mexico could not produce corn cheaper than the United States because of the United States subsidies. Mm -hmm. But then you go actually study that a lot further in, and you start realizing that that the tortillas that I grew up with, which were, you know, white corn, mm -hmm. or as it's known in the Midwest, feed corn, because that's what they, you know, used to give to the animals they eat. Um, were delicious compared to the tortillas that are made now that are mainly made out of yellow sweet corn, which is what, you know, the American palate and, and mm. what ultimately took over all of the corn manufacturing in Mexico. Now there's a big movement to to find these thousands of different ethnic types of, uh, of maize that uh, grow in, uh, in, in, in Mexico. And we started to see a bit of a comeback of, of, of the original tortilla, if you will. But those are fascinating little tidbits yeah. that, uh, that you could study left and right. Did you ever get into the whole um, like Aztec culture part of Mexico? Not really. Honestly, not really. My buddy, I was talking to my buddy Peter yesterday, and he's got this whole idea for a show around the kind of overlap between Aztec and Spanish culture, mm -hmm. and even Mayan to some extent, and how that was the sort of origin story of Latino, mm -hmm. right? The mestizo, mm -hmm. and the just the overlap and all of the, you know, kind of cultural... Uh, you know, issues, nuance, hangups, whatever it may be about each of these stories, how the Spaniard story that's talked about in Mexico, how that differs from the indigenous story and like that whole overlap. Mm -hmm. And he actually talked about, I, 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 I'm afraid I don't actually know exactly which one it was, but he said that there's a place in Mexico City where there's a few monuments. One of them is like a super indigenous one. One of them is a, is a European one. And they kind of coexist, even though they're telling very different stories. Mm -hmm. And just that whole reality of living that kind of like, history, right, mm -hmm. of this Aztec indigenous civilization that was like a powerhouse, mm -hmm. and then this European influx, but then it, together it created this new thing, which on some level, the whole Latino thing is in some way influencing the whole world. It was, it was really interesting. True. I mean, it, 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 it's fascinating, particularly in um, 
you know, in countries like Mexico where the conquest was, you know, both military but also religious, right? There's a difference there from the countries where, you know, the Spaniards or the, the, or the Brits or the Portuguese came in and killed everybody, right? So the fact that there is this mestizaje and this, you know, mixture uh, lends itself to a tremendous amount of stories. And, and seeing the different perspective from one versus the other has always been fascinating. Mm-hmm. I think it was, you know, the 500 years of of Hernán Cortés, you know, uh, earlier this year and, and, and the Spanish yeah, government. Yeah, he talked about that. He actually talked about that anniversary. Right. Yeah. And the Spanish government tweeted about it saying that we're celebrating 500 years of liberation, fr- uh, of, of, of them liberating, you know, from the, what, well, I don't even remember what the word was, but, uh, but, but uh, satanic what? cult thing. Well, you got to remember, Hernán Cortés actually wrote letters saying that he was, you know, bringing God to them. And, yeah, and that sure. They were, and, and the belief was that the Aztecs were satanic, mm-hmm. right? The machine. No, but I'm, I'm surprised the tourism board would use that kind of language. <laughs> or whatever. All right. it, it, they, they, they didn't use the word satanic, but it was something along those <laughs> lines, <laughs> right? I mean, it was, um, it was pretty shocking. <clears throat> I, it, it just... Yeah made waves in the Mexican Twitter sphere. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, it's kind of strange. So I, I'm, I'm curious about what your thoughts are in terms of this. And, you know, if you have a closely held religious belief, mm-hmm. right? In the case of Christianity, it's, I need to go make disciples of all nations because mm-hmm. that's in scripture. And so people from Europe, and they were all deeply flawed, went all over the world and landed in different places and said, hey, I want to show you this mm-hmm. about this, you know, holy book and this idea of God and whatever it is. And they're living out their kind of firmly firmly held religious convictions. But at the same time, they're creating a tremendous amount of drama and upheaval Mm -hmm. in a lot of these um, indigenous populations. Not just in Latin America or Mesoamerica. I mean, this happened. Right, across the board. Think of, you know, St. Patrick, right? We celebrate St. Patrick's every day. St. Patrick was born in England, went to Ireland, and, you know, basically converted the Druids. But Mm -hmm. those were people that didn't, weren't Christian, weren't even monotheistic. And he kind of brought that to them. And you could say if you were Druid, it's like, hey, man, you kind of busted up my culture, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you balance, or what do you think about that? The idea of like, hey, I've got this firmly held religious conviction that I want to share with you. And the idea of cultural upheaval that I might cause as a result. What do I think about as as I don't know. Like how do you balance in other words, I could say, hey, it's perfectly I think that my right to want to or my right I, I want to go share this good news with you, whatever it may be. Okay. Actually you can make a case for this in what's going on in Afghanistan too, right? Because I mean a lot of that yes. is a religious issue. Well that's right? what I was gonna the, 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 my question was what do I think of that, you know, as it pertains to Current situations? Well, I'll, I'll put it to you this or way. Even hist- I, or historical, I mean, right? the, the challenge, I think, with that question that you're asking, Charlie, is that you're giving it the most positive, like, lens you could probably give it as it relates to, like, I'm going to share these good news with you and help convert people. But as we're talking about the events and what happened here in all Mesoamerica, it was, it was a very power-driven approach, right, where a lot of it, especially at the time, somewhat, there was such close line between the church and the governments that it was around basically taking over these these areas. Part of that taking over included getting everyone on board and on whatever the faith you know was, which then led to all these other cultures being viewed as being either satanic or having to remove whatever. It wasn't a, it wasn't about freedom of, of religion. That sure was not the alignment. Well, the, there, was the, the alignment. There, was a, there was a much deeper integration between the church right. and the state. And, and even we, in Mexico, struggle with that. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you and I have talked about that. Like, and, I, and I talked to my dad about this whole conversation about when, when um, I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now, but um, when the president of Mexico decided that he was going to give Obrador. land. 
no, no, give land back to the people. Oh. Uh, it was a really big issue with the church because the church actually owned a lot of the land, mm-hmm. right? And this is where you had the Cristeros that came out and started fighting for the, for the church. And they, was, they were fighting against the government, but that was a power battle between the church and the government that was, that was happening there to the point that in my, in my dad's hometown, the priests were telling people that if you receive land for the government, if the government is, is going to be in your land, you are committing a sin against the church, <laughs> right? And, and my, I don't know if at this point, I feel my grandfather, great, it might have been my great-grandfather, I forget now who it was, right? Basically, like, it, they, they, he was getting a hard time, but his wife and everybody was like, hey, like, don't take any land because, like, you're committing a sin. And the guy was like, you know what? If it's about committing a sin against like, the church or being able to feed my family because I now have land that I could actually, you know, farm on, et cetera, then I'll, I'll take it, right? Like, that's what I'll do. And I think that's part of the challenge with that very complicated history is that the fact that there was such strong alignment between the religion organ, religious organization and also this political organizations in many cases that it was a lot of it ended up being very much a power dynamic that was happening, uh, which to me makes it really super, super complicated for that reason. Marcos, you were going to say before you were rudely cut off by Jesus. I was a super I keep, long. I keep, no, my, I keep on my, I keep on my, 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 my answer keeps evolving with the, you know, by, by, by the second. I mean, ultimately, listen, I have no problem with anybody sharing anything of their thoughts as long as there's no demonization of the next person. Right. Hey, you didn't like it. All right. It's cool. I'll move on. Right. Um, That's obviously ignoring the fact that, uh, you know, the cultures have been robbed of their identity, I think. Mm -hmm. But but, but also, listen, uh, it's been 500 years um, of that as it pertains to Latin America or Mexico specifically. Um, At some stage of the game, we have to we have to look, you know, look back towards our identity and realize who we are. And we are a mix. Many of us, not all of us. There are people who are 100% indigenous yet, right? And there are a few who uh, like to say that they're 100% Spaniard, right? Uh, and um, But utilize that to our benefit, to realize that we're better for it, right? Their history forms us and makes us who we sure. are. And while it was definitely tragic, and I think there were mm-hmm. probably better ways of doing it, uh, h- how do we take our past and make ourselves better, you know? Marcos, it, I'm curious about... Did you have a moment that you could remember when you had this this kind of first time you had this conversation with your son? Because I, 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 it hasn't been that long that I had this discussion about trying to explain the history of Mexico to my daughter and the complexity of it, right? And actually, like, being pretty straightforward about what actually happened. Well, I'll tell you, one of the advantages that, we've, that we have is obviously going back and forth to Mexico often mm-hmm. uh, has exposed Santiago also known as the pug, of course, you right. know this, or the, the pug master P. The famous pug. The notorious P-U-G has uh, exposed him to history, has exposed him to yeah. Mexico, right? So it's not like we just go and visit, uh, you know, uh, Tulum. We do, but we also go and visit Chichen Itza. Sure, and right. we're in Mexico City and we also go to Templo Mayor and we also mm-hmm. go to the, you know, the, the cathedral and we also, you know, visit uh, the, the hundreds of museums that exist there, right? So... I can't point to a specific moment where, mm-hmm. son, let me tell you about Mexican history today. But I can point to hundreds of moments in which we've had the opportunity to learn about it. Yeah. Um, What's interesting about Mexico, too, and, and we just recently learned about this, Jesus and I, or at least I did. He already pro- knew a little bit about it, is the degree to which Mexico as a culture is a global outlier on a number of different vectors mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. ethnographers and cultural scientists explore. I had no idea about this. What was the guy's name? It was a, it was a Freakonomics show. The, the author who wrote the... What's the the professor yeah, that professor, did that. Yeah, there's, yeah. This, there's this Dutch ethnographer or whatever who's like a world-renowned person in this field. 
who studied every global culture and mapped them across Mm -hmm. six different vectors Mm -hmm. ranging from collectivist, masculine, like all these different vectors, super interesting stuff. And consistently, like across these different, not, not in every one of these things, but as an outlier, like the, which of these kids is doing his own thing? Remember right. that? From back, different. Yeah. It was the US, <laughs> right? America, mm-hmm. like China kind of came up a couple of times. Mm-hmm. But I was really surprised by how many times it was Mexico surprising came that it came up. up a number of times. Yeah, when you think about size of country. It sure, of, it just it, it's weird that like it, will it, come it up was as not like Latin. It, yeah. it wasn't like Colombia, Venezuela. Like it, it, right. it, it didn't rank in right. those. Right. It, it, and and I, I wish I had the exact. I forget specific. now what it what it was that he. Uh, but that he my point in yeah. bringing this guy up, which we'll name and we'll put in the show notes. But my point about bringing this guy up is that Mexican culture, and I'm I don't, I'm an adopted Mexican son, right? Mm-hmm. So I was born here. But I spent formative years living in Tecamachalco in Estado de México, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I always consider myself a Mexican at heart. Mm-hmm. But it's very unique culture is my whole point. Sure. This is a very unique – and maybe part of it is this very complex, right? To your point, you mm-hmm. you you know you talk to your son about – or you go and visit the Basilica and you're also at the Chichen Itza and Xochimilco and whatever else. Like that's – Unusual. That's like the equivalent would be we go to like the, you know, Presbyterian church and we also visit like, uh, you know, the Cherokee reservation or mm-hmm. something. But that's not something that really happens very commonly in American culture, right? I mean. No, and in downtown Mexico City, they're right next to each other, right? It's the building next to the other. <laughs> and, and, and they're 500 years old, right? Which is stunning. But uh, and here I thought I was going to come over to talk about OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get to that. We can talk about that as well. We're going to talk about cheap thrills in a second. No, but look, I mean, I I I, I just think it's a very interesting subject. So I thought I'd no, uh, I agree, I, I agree. Thought I'd mention it. Uh, Gert uh, Hofstede is who did this uh, Gert, sixty yeah. model oh, national Gert. culture. Yeah. You know him, good old Gert. Uh, good old Gert from around. Right, <laughs> uh, and is uh, some of these are include individualism. Power distance, masculinity, uh, that's, the one, that's one of the ones that Mexico came in pretty high in. Uh, uncertainty, avoidance. Uncertainty, um, avoidance, yeah. Long-term orientation and indulgence. Mexico came in pretty high on indulgence as well. Very high. Ask, Those are the ones that, that, if I recall correctly, I think were the two that they came up pretty high. Maybe, maybe a third one in there. But it was interesting that out of all the countries, when you think about Mexico kind of in its, its role in the global sure. sort of you know, stage, it just, I just want to think of them at the very top of things. Oh, dude! You know, you know what I'm saying. Like, I like don't. It's just, it's no, just, no, no, come on. No, uh, you see no reason. Keep, keep, right. keep digging. You're, you're not going to back me on this one at all. No, no, I want you to keep digging. Tell, am, tell me stop, more about I'm why Mexico won't win against it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it was, anyway. So, <laughs> you want to talk about OnlyFans? Marcos? No, no, no. We can talk I'm, about OnlyFans. I'm not. Um, uh... By the way, here's an interesting subject. You want to sure. talk about random? So, you know the famous Nirvana album cover with the little baby? Yeah, I saw that. You saw this? I said that the guy is suing them. Oh, you did see it. Okay, I inserted that one at the last minute as a surprise entry into the show. Oh, oh, I didn't see it on the because I. The, oh, you didn't. You didn't see it on our on our right, document. But, but, you, but yeah. you read about it. Yeah. So you're familiar. Oh, with the, with so he's even yeah. more tuned in. Than uh, I am. So I I'm not. So what are your thoughts on that? So this guy apparently. So maybe maybe actually actually why don't you tell us, Marcos, of what you read? What is the issue? What are your thoughts? Well, boils down. To that, uh, you know, to the fact that the kid, no longer a kid, the person who right, is photographed, now, yeah. the adult now, who was photographed uh, for the cover old. of uh, that album. What was the name of the album? You remember? Nevermind, wasn't it? Nevermind. Yeah. You're right. Nirvana Nevermind. Obviously, remember, he's in a 
pool and he's naked and you can see all his bits like and pieces little, and his little dollar bill is right, hanging and he's, and he's reaching for a dollar bill. Yep. Um, well, he sued the band for uh, sexual harassment, child, porno- no, child pornography, for child pornography, right? right. Um, and and I think a lot of experts uh, laughed at it, and and I saw a headline pop up a little earlier saying that I don't know was it dismissed just a few minutes ago? I don't know that I don't uh, know. Wow, you're uh, really plugged in. Holy crap! I may, I may, I may, it probably wasn't, by the way, because the headline was again. Don't base yourself just off of the headlines. Right. But something popped up in my feed of uh, go to the of, sources. Um, we do. That's all we do is base yourself on the headlines. Yeah, <laughs> where I, I may have misread, but something dismissed or no, no, no. It said is dismissed as ridiculous by most experts. Oh well, that, yeah. that's what it said. All right, mm-hmm. right, right um, okay. just like Trump winning the presidency. Yeah, yeah that'll never happen. Dismissed by most experts. <laughs> but you know what? In one of the articles that I did read, it uh, it had a lot of information about how he's been complaining about this since he was a kid. That's what I was trying to tell him. Yeah, since, yeah, right? yeah. He was saying that. And so you know, as a as as a teenager, you know, he's asked to, or even a preteen, at ten years or fifteen, something like that, he was asked to reenact it. Uh, he kind of did. It's supposed to be kind of cool, but he's still a kid. And as this, you know, when he re- uh, fully naked in the reenactments, I, that, I, I feel like that kind of crosses the line, no, a little bit. I refuse to click right on around it. age twenty six. That kind of gets a little. Uh, <laughs> it's a little weird. Yeah, <laughs> I think he did right again in this in his twenties. I think it was, I think he's reenacted it twice. At the 1050 oh, University and like the 20, yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, what the like hell? Look at what is happening here. Look at Marcos studying. And, uh, no, I was, I was sick. I was sick. And yeah, nothing and, but time to read. But uh, time to read. That's right. Um, so listen, I don't. I uh, let it let it go through the court. I mean, at the at uh, yeah, what, I get that. What, but what's your what's your thought on his suit? So his suit is he he feels that this was exploitative. There's a fish hook fish hook in front of the baby. It's he looks at it as pornographic. He says he's been trying to get their attention for years. They haven't paid attention to him. His parents, for whatever reason, there's a whole other story. Is paid the the photographer paid two hundred dollars for this picture thirty mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. The picture has been responsible for ungodly amounts of number of money and popular culture influence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like when people say that, what does that have to do with 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 the suit? Okay, I'm just it's like I'm one just of those stating like the facts. relevant facts in the sense like, well, they paid for the picture. Okay. The fact that it became super successful has the, nothing to do with the, the fact the that, they paid, the that they paid for the fact that they paid for a picture of a naked well, well, baby. Right. But well, yeah, kind of fit into that. And that the parents said it was okay. That's talking pornographic. Uh, right. But, well, but and, yeah. I, and, I, and I hear your point, Jesus. But here's the thing. The other thing that that gives me a little bit more that gives uh-huh. the suit a little bit more credibility is how much he's seeking from each defendant. Because there's like yeah. It's a Dave Grohl, Chris yeah. Novoselic, and Kurt Cobain's estate. It's 150 grand from each defendant. Yeah. It doesn't seem. You see, what I'm saying like normally you hear about these things that it's 150 million. Or my, my question on this one is like, why wasn't it deemed as child porn to begin with? Well, I mean, I don't is know. Is it just considered like because it's considered artistic? Is that is that why? Probably. No. Well, I think the reason is because um, naked infants are unless if they're not in suggestive poses or whatever are not automatically considered um, uh, inappropriate. So think of. You know, mm-hmm. pediatric settings, diapers, I mean, all these different things. So it depends on, like, there's a context for these things. Exactly. The context yeah. and the intent was the intent. not yeah. uh, sexual gratification of anybody. Right, right. Although I that guess. is what uh, this guy is, uh, his name he's is Spencer that put, Eldon. Spencer the Eldon, amount, who's 30, by, by the way. By putting the dollar in there, he's saying that that made it look like it was a little more 
his like sexual innuendo kind of thing. His quote, it, well, not his quote. The lawyers say that that Nirvana quote used child pornography depicting Spencer as an essential element of a record promotion scheme commonly utilized in the music in- industry to get attention, wherein album covers pose children and children. It says I don't know. Was there other kids in this album? Because I never got it. Album uh, posed children in a sexually provocative manner to gain notoriety, drive sales, and garner media attention and critical reviews. It just, some of the statements here just make no sense to me. The attorneys say that in a culture in which we're trying to hold consent as one of the highest values, an image of a child naked that he didn't consent to, your par- his parents sold the picture. There is consent there. Uh, obviously, a baby cannot consent for themselves, but there is consent that happened in this, in this situation. What are you talking about? Well, Am I missing that? But the fact the fact that somebody can't consent, um, regardless of well, that's different. Something that didn't consent versus can't consent are two night and day differences, right? In in this point, he couldn't do either, right? So, so the point here is, if you're a baby, there is no scenario where any picture of a baby should ever be sold any anytime because a baby can never consent. Mm -hmm. So that argument holds no water whatsoever. Maybe they shouldn't. They may, maybe they should never use papers or pictures in any kind of advertising maybe, ever on anything. Maybe, yeah, I think that makes no sense. Maybe they shouldn't. Right. At that point, who the responsible party there is the parent. Sure. Right. So to say that if a parent consents, if a parent consents that I'm going to show up in a JCPenney, I don't know why some users penny, but like <laughs> whatever, you know, like in a print campaign sure. as a whatever, three-month-old and it's not naked and it's fully clothed. It would be ridiculous for that person once they're an adult to come back and say, I never consented to that picture. Well, of course not. You're a baby. You you have a parent who is the responsible party. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I mean, for, for that is a ridiculous argument. Mm-hmm. Throw from, that out. From my, from my standpoint, I think that um, both legally and morally, th- that what you just said is 100% correct. So the first time. Yeah. There, there I'm is. Glad, I'm glad I enabled yeah, that. Yeah, you see that? Agreed 100% legally yeah. and well, morally. It, it's what, I, I usually get one of the. No, usually I don't get the morally. I make it the legally once in a while. It's what happens when Jesus has morally, mezcal. Rarely, rarely I get the morally right. <laughs> if, he's, if he's drinking mezcal, the morality creeps in. Um, but, that's uh, good. I, I go in that direction, not the opposite. It's no, good. That's that's good. Well, at the beginning. I think, it's, <laughs> I think it's totally right that you have the parents actually representing the will of this child, sure. albeit. Incorrectly, but nevertheless, they are. Yeah. And so, unless there's a circumstance about how that consent was given, sure. Yeah. Then then that's a yeah. That's a question. Yeah, that could be a question for sure. But I think it's. I mean, that's my point of letting it go through the courts. Right. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm no legal expert or anything of the sort. Uh, Or or expert. Or expert in anything. No, I'm an expert whatsoever. I'm I'm an expert in my own opinion. (laughs) Um, But let it go through. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think anybody is disputing that. Although the, the 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 point that he makes about the fish hook and the dollar bill, but I think then you start crossing over into you know artistic depictions sure. and all that stuff. Yeah, right. I do think were it done today or in any other setting, there's you don't need to show the baby's yeah. private parts. Right. Like right, right. you don't need to do that. You could take the shot just an inch, like at a different angle, so it doesn't have to be that because that's right. what this is all about. Yeah. You could have covered a little bit. Marcos is about to defend You're why not. you should take yeah, you, the you, baby's private parts, which is an interesting argument. Let's hear it. Is that your stance, Marcos? You're for, you're for showing kids private parts? <laughs> really? That's, is that what you're saying right now? Uh, this is, is the exact is, second when it low, gets canceled. That's a low percentage position. Wow. There goes wow, our distribution Marcos. deal, Marcos. <laughs> Thank you. That is Thank not, what I'm, just, uh, that is not what I'm saying. I, what, I, what I am saying is that uh, – 
artistic expression um, should have some leeway in certain in certain right. aspects. I agree with and you. If somebody, to, if you use an image of uh, a baby in a way that uh, they didn't necessarily like later, they probably have a right to come back and say, you know what, you shouldn't have done that. Sure. What do you um, think is the reason why they haven't, like, you know, uh, in Spanish, the expression is uh, parar bolas, right? Like, why haven't they paid attention to this guy when he's supposedly come to them to complain? Just like, hey, we paid you, leave us alone? Like, what, what would be the reason to not engage? can of worms? Well, they're probably, I, I don't think that they, see, I don't think anybody ever imagined that this was a real issue. I mean, I, I, again, I, I right. have no idea. Also, right? I think if so the guy did like the recreation of the picture, like uh, that has to be like hinted at, hey, you were somewhat okay with it because you didn't got you involved guys, again. You guys got your laptops. So how, how many times did he do it? It's, it's in the article there somewhere. It's in the articles. It, uh, it is. Right? I haven't seen it in the what articles. Are, I just said, yeah. uh, it just says that he but, tried. But uh, Over the years. But he was young. If I remember correctly, the first one was a 10 or 15 years. Right, so he didn't have a choice there, and then the other one, yes, he was older, right? But you know, the fact that he's brought it up over and over and over again over the course mm. of the years, I think many people were probably thinking, ah, he's just looking for more money. He's just looking yeah, for probably. more. But then at the end of the day, when you actually sue and he goes, I want one hundred fifty thousand dollars from these different from each people, one, yeah, yeah, you realize, oh crap, maybe he 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 does mean it, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? right? There's some. Yeah. I think I think the fact that he sued for that amount of money surprised the people more than the fact that they were being sued about it. Meaning it's low. Meaning it's low. I agree. I think it's kind of weird. Meaning it gives him some sort of, awkwardly gives him some sort of credibility. Yeah, I agree with that. It's like, like it's how, like he, he actually doesn't, you know, it's not about money is I'm, what it kind of says. I'm just wondering, like, Thanksgiving dinner is going to be a little bit awkward. <laughs> with who? Assuming the parents are still alive. <laughs> well, what, what did you think? I'm like, sure it's, it's been like, an awkward for 30 years. Uh, yeah, maybe. probably, right? I think, you know, if why didn't he sue the parents, though? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's suing the people who theoretically made money off of it. Um, but if he's really concerned about, you know, appearing in right. something without his consent, well, then he should go after the people who gave the consent mm-hmm. who and, and, and were legally entitled to do so, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. Fair enough. Fair enough. What else you got, Marcos? You want to talk about OnlyFans now? OnlyFans, Marcos. What, what's your what's your take on OnlyFans? So we, we heard we I'm not a, seen... I'm, for the record. I'm not a customer. Nor am I. Hey, how about this? How about this? Yes. How about this? It's single, a, wait, 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 single guy, only fan. A smart, a smart thing to say about it's a personal choice. <laughs> I should, I shouldn't have to be questioned or disclose my personal choices. No, I'm actually not a fan. I've, I've never seen OnlyFans. But I mean, look, it, it turned out. It, so the story, if I remember correctly, is that very recently they put an announcement saying that. They had they were changing their policy that was gonna get go into effect. I don't know if it wait, like a wait, 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 wait. Time out. What, 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 what? Aren't we supposed to ask if it was courageous or cringeworthy for no, him no, no, to no. sue? We're, we're playing it loose. We're playing it loose today. <laughs> so we're we're just we're this is for a non format version of this conversation. Okay. For the record, I'm cringe on Nirvana. Just for the record. Oh, for the, for the okay. record. I'm cringe on the lawsuit. Cringe on the lawsuit. Okay, Marcos? I'll go, I'll go with cringe. Marcos is cringe on the lawsuit, yeah, too. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so OnlyFans, initially, they changed their policy. So this has been a you know platform that was rolled out, and it sort of evolved very, very quickly. And when um, the route of, of basically people using it to put out um, you know sexually explicit content as a way to get people to sign up and follow people. I'm frankly not even that entirely sure how exactly how it works, but I think it's along the lines. And um, but, but it's important to note that it's not purely 
adult content. It's not what, what purely that, adult what does content, that mean? but it's the major, but it's the, the most successful content is adult content. What does content. that mean? What well, you mean, oh, I'm sorry, so, hang on. You mean the entire service is not all the pornography? Platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, only only not, fans no, no. is not all porn. This it is, is supposed to be like a fan-based platform. Okay, that and, Mc, was... and McDonald's is not all hamburgers. No, no, Correct. they have a wonderful McFlurry. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, they make delicious iced tea. They make wonderful iced tea. Home brewed. I think it's. Say. I think you're right, but I think it doesn't matter. But it I think was, that's it what was they're known a platform for. that was built for self expression as a way to connect with your fans. Wow. And what ended up being is that Written most people like you, that started like you wrote using the it yourself. ended up using it for pornographic kind of content as a way to get people and and people made a whole lot of money. Okay, but back up a second. That yes. value proposition that you just said. Say it again. Uh, it I, was I originally. I've been drinking tequila, so no. But try try to recreate sure. it. You you what? yeah. I think it was a platform that was basically built to help uh, creators uh, with their self expression as a way to connect with their with their fan base. I think that's maybe the biggest load of horseshit I've ever heard you say. But I it's mean, true. That's it's fine. True. But 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 why couldn't that have been any platform? That's not a defined value proposition. This is this uh, is uh, yeah. But as a way to like for people to build like their direct. And you are there are no platforms that have listen, versions listen, of that. At the, at the end of the day, it's you pay the artist directly. Correct. Through this platform that, but for exclusive content. Exclusive content. And right. that exclusive content, if you are a Big Mac. But that's Patreon too, If, if Big Mac had an no. OnlyFans account. No. Why is that not Patreon? Pa- Patreon is more of a subscription-based service that people use. Yeah. But it's not necessarily tied to access to direct content. Now, w- meaning that most people that use Patreon are making their content available through places like um, like Spotify. Like you think about like in the podcast world, right? You go Spotify, Apple. So you're using all of your distribution and yeah. then you're helping people, and people are supporting you as a creator of what you're giving different access. It's not all, all tied to content. Some of it can be tied to content, but it's pretty broad in terms of how they can use it. In this case, is a premium garden wall content platform with only that content is only available to people that are that are your fans, right? That they're paying you for that. Okay. All right. I would say, I mean, I think in the case of Patreon, you can say only people who are paying $10 a month can get X. Yeah, maybe. I think that's yeah, maybe. similar. Right. So so these guys go out and they build this and, you know, things kind of, you know, escalate from there pretty quickly. And the reality, the majority of people that are most successful are people that are using sexually explicit content. I think, well, I guess it depends on how you define porn. But sexually market explicit driven. content. Market driven, right? So the market, that's right, free economics, free markets define that the most successful creators are people that are having more sexually explicit content, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Shocker. this guy in uh, – I don't know if it was a capital raise or what it was. That's, I frankly didn't read enough about the, about the story. But he was getting pressure. The CEO was getting pressured by some of the banks that were mm-hmm. going to come in and invest yeah. to say, hey, if we're going to invest in this thing. You can't be all around. Well, porn. but even even you know a few steps back, uh, the major credit cards – and it wasn't, and it wasn't a, 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 the, that they were raising funds. It was um, certain banks were not transferring, were not making payments to people who were doing – uh, to creators who were doing adult content, and that, and so they stopped the payments, mm. and you force <clears> the creators <throat> to have to find another bank who would accept this, right? But even at, add to that that uh, you know, particularly Mastercard is uh, coming down very hard on some of these porn sites mm. and adult content uh, in order to you know do their part, if you will, to halt human trafficking and child pornography. Right, so you cannot absolutely you cannot control what some of these people are doing, and therefore to not be culpable, if you will, in any type of scenario, um, they won't process those payments. So the whole transactional element or the whole financial 
part of uh, or the banking part of the of the of the transactions was pretty much eliminated. Mm. As such, they had two choices: shut down the company or shut down just the adult content. So they right. decided which to shut down like just the adult content. The company yeah, get, rid of, point. get rid of the Big Mac and uh, sure, right. and McDonald's. We're only yeah, gonna have it's ice tea. Or we're gonna do salads. Only it reminded me. It reminded me of the of 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 the old cartoon. It was probably a. Playboy or something like that. Uh-huh. I must have read it in maybe you know some magazine I pulled. I don't know where when I was a kid, right? Uh, of a uh, couple guys looking at uh, some naked girls on a beach, and one of them turns to the other and says, "Can you imagine them in a tight sweater?" Right? <laughs> <laughs> They're already naked. You're right. Right. No, like, oh, that's my point. But it's, uh, you know, let's go back to the mystery of things. Right? For sure. Right. Yeah. yeah um, and some people are into that. But you know, it's, it's a really, I think, I, I honestly think it's an interesting subject uh, going all the way back to whether the companies, you know, uh, the, 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 the credit card companies should be able to have this type of impact on, on, on companies uh, like OnlyFans or others. Sure. Um, Let's let's be realistic. They're not doing it off of a moralistic stance. They're doing it as they're a, not. That's a, true. As, as a protection of themselves, which is fine. Yeah, fine. It's, it's litigious. Um, it's like a litigious protection. Sure. Um, I, I I've always had this this you know notion of in our house we're okay with the human body. You know we're we're not fans of violence. We're not against you know nudity and artistic scenarios and things of the sort. We don't, uh, you know, we don't necessarily hide any of that from. But you look at you look at uh, uh, at a lot of the easy access porn that exists that kids have access to, and it is violent. It is it is it is not it is not romantic. Uh, not that sex always has to be romantic or whatnot, but it's so. The, the, I've always found emotions, if you will, with this thing where it's like you've got banks saying, you know, protecting themselves and not allowing a company, which to me. Is uh, is difficult to overcome. How do I put my? How do I set up a business that could, in one minute, be taken away by another one that has very little to do mm-hmm. with me, right? Um, and I think if we if we start exploring a lot of the ethic uh, of the ethical and moral standpoints that companies are now taking on, and now they're all of a sudden saying they're pro yeah. this or pro the other. At some stage of the game, is are you doing business with a company that's going to have a different point of view that can sink yours? That's a little worrisome to me. Right. By the um, way, so, some of the reasons why the credit card companies are looking at right now that they gave us to why they were concerned, there's like two two things, right? One is that consumers of porn are among the most likely to dispute transactions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's super interesting. And then credit card companies also do not want to be unwittingly processed payments for material around, you know, which issues of consent are later arise. And that's a, like a super fair Yeah, but one. neither of those is a moral stance, right? Both of no, those are... No, they're not. Yeah, yeah exactly. Very, but the, but it's, it's a lot easier to defend the, the first one. Uh, you know, the, uh, if a porn consumer traditionally will complain... Uh, about uh, uh-huh. uh, about uh, a transaction. Well, you could you could you just have to point at, for example, um, what is it? Clothes, right? People buy clothes on Amazon or buy clothes online, and the return rate is enormous, right? right. So you've got uh, some of these apps that are being built out, and AR. Uh, 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 apps that are being built that tell you what size you are with the, your camera so that they can eliminate and, and these companies are pouring hundreds of millions of dollars into this stuff to to st- they're not stopping right. credit card payments to reduce churn yeah, yeah, yeah. right uh-huh. they're 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 solving the issue maybe they should focus on content <laughs> yeah the second one is is, is trickier so 
And yeah, so basically the the CEO was able to get get additional assurance, but they now reverse their decisions, right? Because the initial the initial policy was going to come into effect in October. With by starting October, they weren't going to allow any uh, basically, you know, sexually explicit content to be on the platform. And now they've mm-hmm. reversed their decision altogether. Now they are going to allow it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now oh. they are going to allow. It. Yeah, they're back on to yeah, what yeah, they've yeah, been yeah. this entire time. Yeah, yeah. So they just changed their position on that. Mm-hmm. So I missed that. So what? Yeah, and the so banks was, don't matter then. Uh, I, I don't, you know, I'm not sure whether they there's got other, there's, a, there's some kind of workaround, right, yeah. in terms of how to be able to get it, get that done, yeah. um, to be able to do it. So, look, I think there is a lot of issues as it relates to this. There is, of course, all the concern as it relates to whether there's issues with consent, of course, issues with minors, right, and everything comes between that. But I guess when I think about this issue, if you think about it as it relates to adults who are consenting, and if that's the way that they choose to express themselves, we just literally we're talking about their mana and the in the naked baby picture, right? Mm-hmm. If this is the way they express themselves, I have a hard time, like really having a hard time with it in terms of what they're doing. Right? Like if that if someone is once again an adult who chooses to just you know, sure. yeah, the, for, for film me, themselves, <clears throat> show themselves, whatever, and people are willing to pay for that, like who am I to tell them that they can't do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this for me is like, you know, gets into the dicey territory of the differences between what people are allowed to do and what they ought to do, right? Okay. Because I agree with you that, you know, adults and the laws of the land do all this, sure. you know, protect all these things. But I also know just firsthand from working with, um, you know, homeless families and people who've been in a lot of very abusive backgrounds that – the overlap between the pornography industry and human trafficking is very Huge. close to one-to-one. Very close. Right. It is an abusive, exploitative, degrading – and even if the people don't feel they're being degraded. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes right. I've even known people who thought one way initially and years later was like, right. I was Coming completely – But by the way, this is why I support this more for that exact reason. But I'm not sure that the data backs – I mean, well, I know where you're going. Like, like, let, me, mm-hmm. let me just finish that point because I agree with you, right? Because historically, just in tradition – just like in traditional entertainment, the people that have basically controlled the strings of who gets to go be part of the video, who gets to get casted, who gets to be part of these – whatever, these videos are people that – have power over people that are less empowered and probably are abusive with them in some way or another. This platform, just if you want to believe what it's supposed to be, gives power back to the individual for them to be able to have a direct relationship with their fans. To exploit themselves if that's what they choose to do. So that's that's to me is why actually for your argument is why I'm actually more for it. Two things that I'm that I'm Uh that I'm gonna uh, counter you with, right? One is comparing it to traditional media um, in many ways, I think is uh, unfair to traditional media. There are always stories of people that are going to be abusive, and there's always stories of people that are going to, you know, uh, try to get more than they should or whatever yeah, it may like, be. Can right? I explain what my comparison is, real quick? Because I think you're on fair comparison and rules that protect. Because no, I think people. we're talking about abuse. What I'm talking about is decision making, right? Sure. Who has access and mm-hmm. how access can be created? It is very similar to decision to traditional media in the sense that you had. Casting directors, sure. directors, you had executives who decide who right, gets to be the star, who doesn't, right? Democratization of That's right. Stardom. And what's happening in, in social traditional media, media is now you have it. social media that allow people sure. to create direct relationships with, okay. with, with, their, with their audiences. And in the porn industry, that hasn't, it still has been historically more like the, the porn houses, et cetera, people right. that are producing content, very similar to traditional media. 
And this now allows that power for individuals to have a connection with their fans. Sure. I mean, what, one of the things that, uh, uh, that's what I mean. Again, I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I, Which is I different than saying, like, you know, yeah. like Weinstein and people that But there was also, you know, part of the article that I read or a couple of the articles that I read mentioned how uh, the traditional porn studios were, uh, a lot of them had gone out of business and whatnot because of the... Uh, websites that are getting the free stuff and paying very little for it, sure. and it's all a lot of it is stolen off of other sites and whatever it may be. And listen, at the at the end of the day, what I don't know is whether or not the call it infrastructure that enables the abuse, right? Whether it be the pimp or this or the other, uh, continues to exist on a platform like. OnlyFans. I, I I don't know. The, the, obviously, the company is going to tell you that they're paying the individual. Obviously, the 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 sure. what we're going to hear is that you know the individual artist is being empowered, and we're going to hear stories which we read galore of the you know soccer mom who was a sing you know single mom. Why, and why are you throwing your arm out like that? Uploading pictures. What does that mean? Uploading pictures of herself naked, and all of a sudden she can. I think there's a lot of that. Stop quitting, and 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 yeah, that's great. More power to her. I have absolutely no issue with that. But I don't. Everything that Charlie was talking about of uh, human trafficking, of abuse. Yeah, sure. I don't think we have the data on that yet, or at least I don't. I haven't seen anything of how it has translated or not to the digital There's platform. a corollary here, mm -hmm. and it's not one-to-one, -one, so that's why saying things like this can be very sort of incendiary because there's going to be one or f a two or three people who are like, I don't fall into that category, so therefore your whole thesis is wrong. Mm -hmm. But, however, th there's a corollary to this, to the issue of homelessness, and here's what I mean. Most of the issues that have led people to be homeless happened before they were homeless. Sure. Trauma as a child, mm -hmm. issues of abandonment, whatever it may be. There's a lot of data on this. It's something like some crazy number, 85%, some crazy number. I forget mm -hmm. exactly what it is. There's something similar here where what the point that you made, Jesus, is almost like this is just facilitating their own autonomy, their own sense of agency. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be taken over by a system. They can take their own, you know, their own kind of uh, decision into their own hands, yada, yada. True. But what I'm saying is, in my experience, and I believe the data backs me up, a lot of this is woundedness that is being facilitated by these things. Mm -hmm. And again, there's a question between legality and morality here, right? Because again, legally, it may just be legal. It's fine. It is. I mean, it's legal to, you know, go buy a gun. And if you want to use that gun to turn it on yourself, you can. And that happens, sadly, very often. Right. Sure. That doesn't mean it's right. Right. And so, like, I think you got to parse those things. And for me, um, I, I just know enough about this that even if we're giving some autonomy back to these folks, I just think that this is something that ultimately causes a lot more uh, bad stuff, you know, in the world. And so, you know, that's why, I mean, I'm kind of sad to hear about that, that they went back on their, mm -hmm. on their, uh, on their ways. But, um, I mean, ultimately that's why I think it's a, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's a thing I guess to me is the alternative, right? The alternative is if someone is already going down that path and they, they think that that's a viable way for them to make money to survive, whatever may be the case, is it better for them to have an OnlyFans account where they get to, if you want to believe it, dictate, that relationship with their audience and what content they can do mm -hmm. or go through the porn industry in general to be part of that of that environment yeah no idea the, the, you know the one thing i do maybe i'm I do very, think, very simplistic in terms of thinking about no this. i don't i don't think you are i think that's that's a very valid um point of view and 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 those are the two questions they pretty much have right if they yeah. particularly those who are doing well 
right, and not in abusive uh, things. I just, I, I, I've, I mean, I, again, I, I don't have the data to know how many of them on OnlyFans, but I can tell you this as it, as it refers to the business itself. Um, I see it as a missed opportunity on OnlyFans to include, you know, create their, create their own cryptocurrency. Or I don't know, maybe that's uh, blowing it up uh, by a thousand. Sure. But, but the reaction was immediately bend to the will of the banks instead of, at least that that's we know of. That's the interesting point about using cryptocurrency for uh, this. Uh, of, of turning around and, sense, and yeah. saying, wait a minute, you know, screw, this, screw the establishment. Right. We've got a tremendous amount of fans. We can, how much money could they have raised if they turn around and say, hey, we're going to invent our own. We're going to create our own cryptocurrency. Sure. Or we're going to find a way around this that is If you want to keep doing this, you're going to need to help us with X. Yeah, imagine that, e- yeah. that email blast to their base. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and so I was surprised to see the, the, the company react in the way that it did when that could have been an incredible opportunity to establish themselves at a whole other level. Right, uh, in in terms of their relationships, not just with their audience and their consumers, but their but their their content providers. You got Jesus excited about cryptocurrency. <laughs> what what is happening over here? Yeah, it's such an interesting dynamic. Um, by the way, w- you know, one of the recent topics that has been is not even included on here, but I'm curious about both of your thoughts. Being that you both have, kids. I hate it. <laughs> Great, is I the, love it. Yeah, it's some of the that? controversy is going on. Across the country, but if we think about it specifically to the U.S. as it relates to the environment of which kids are going back to school and all of the back and forth that has been going on, um, both in approaches at a state level, city level, mm-hmm. at school level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd love to kind of get some of those thoughts from you guys. In terms, of, I definitely have a lot of feelings about this, but uh, I can I can wait and, and say that. Such Mr. a Marcus. complicated question. It is a very complicated question. I want to ask it. That's a, it's a good question. Um, I am glad my son is back at school. Okay. I'm happy that he is. I, 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 we, we've been lucky in how we spent uh, uh, the pandemic, and he was able to you know, have his group of friends that, uh, we, um, that we got together with. And, uh, but, the, 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 but seeing him now, with, uh, you know, walking to school and biking with friends to school and whatnot is, is, is so, I, I don't know, I don't even know what the word is, but, but it's just simply good to see him out again. How, how does he feel, though? Uh, that's, that, I, I'm glad you asked, right? Because he was incredibly fearful. Of going back. Of going back to school? No, no, prior, prior. I mean, he was, he, he they, they uploaded a picture of him. Uh, when he got vaccinated because he was the first one in line. The moment they said 12-year-olds can get vaccinated, he's 12, he, w- he was like, what, what, what time am I going? You want to go now? Let's go now. And, and right. um, he, he is very careful. He is, uh, you know, he's known a few people who have gotten it and had a hard time. He's... Uh, um, his age? No, 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 not his age. Uh, there's only a couple of uh, kids that his age that we, that we know of, right? But again, we, you know, open spaces, big backyards, sure. we cannot ignore that, you know, we're privileged in that sense. The, um, but, uh, but then you start seeing, you know, the fact that some of the schools are, are starting to have, uh, you know, starting, yeah, starting to have breakouts? groups of, uh, groups of breakouts. Uh, yeah. and we're a week into this. We're not even a week into this. Yeah. 
With four days into this thing. number was. What is the breakout? A breakout will be in a case where there's like a, a big oh, exposure. Oh, breakout. Got it. Okay. I thought you meant like a breakout group. You mean like a, 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 a flash of the disease. The disease, yeah. right? Or someone comes out as being positive in a school and then like a bunch of people are, are either infected or exposed. But there was like a whole school yeah. that shut down, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, in, in, in his school, there's been uh, two kids and maybe two, two uh, faculty members that have, gotten, uh, that have gotten sick. And This is after a week of school, give or take? This is after a week. Mm-hmm. So we are cautiously optimistic that the Delta variant will, um, will start to dissipate. Uh, we do, you, do you think that this is like, I mean, I'm starting to hear, and interestingly, from the manufacturers of these vaccines, that the the increasing idea or belief that these are endemic things. Yes. We're just going to always have them. I do believe that. Okay. By um, the way, just so you guys know, uh, LA Times reported that as of last week, uh, LAUSD had reported already 3,200, 3,255 students mm-hmm. uh, who had COVID cases. Right, sure. Probably like a week, week and a half back in school, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, it's the second largest school district in the country as yeah, well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so let's keep that under perspective. But also, you know, um, you look at the data, at least the way that I interpret it. And yes, being uh, having the vaccine is a lot better for you than not having it. Sure. Right. Um, I do believe that it's an endemic. Uh, I'm I'm kind of of that mindset now mm-hmm. that we're much like we get the flu shot or everything else. We're going to have to get our COVID shots every six months, every year. To get to be determined. It's looking like six months, isn't it? Is it from, from what we're hearing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and the more the, and the longer that we live with this virus, the more we're going to know about it. I the, think the problem is the they've more. kind of backed themselves into a corner in a way the pharmaceuticals and maybe everybody more broadly. And I've made this point or variations of this point in the past. I'm curious how you think about it, Marcos, is the idea that when you're doing something every six months, mm-hmm. it feels a lot more like a treatment and less of a vaccine, sure, right? Mm-hmm. Like tetanus is like something you do every five years or 10 or 15 or mm-hmm. whatever. I don't see anything, personally, I don't see anything wrong with saying this is a kick-ass treatment. Mm-hmm. But I think like saying it's a vaccine has people rush to get it as a savior thing, mm-hmm. pisses a lot of people off when it's not, sure, and then makes other people go like, wait, this isn't that thing. So it's like, it's kind of, it feels to me like it's yeah. bad across the board. Why not just say, this is a really great treatment that well, minimizes all the... There, there's a tremendous amount of... I think the expectation probably at the beginning was that it was going to be one of these vaccines that you were only going to need X one amount time, of time. Yeah. But uh, every so often. But, uh, but we were also told when the vaccine came out, we don't know how long it's going to be effective. And there's no way of knowing until we reach that point where it's no longer effective. And then we know it is that amount of time. And anybody who was following it could read that and understand it. Right. So, uh, listen, this is, this is, what's the last time there there was a pandemic this size? 1920? hundred years ago. hundred years ago, 1920. Mm -hmm. So. It was was earlier than that, but yeah, hundred years. 18, 17, 17. whatever. Mm -hmm. The, um, so my, my, we, we continue to judge people based off of what they said at a particular time or what they're saying at this stage of the game, right? When things continue to change. I agree with that, but I think that we've, I feel like we haven't set the expectation properly. I think that saying that, we don't know what this is. No, no. And it may change and it may evolve. And it will, 100%. And that statement did come out right from the beginning. You're true. That is true. And And I think we were... And so is uh, the fact that 
the technology and the knowledge will right. allow uh, you know scientists and pharmaceutical companies to potentially do better vaccines as time goes on. You know, we might want to have to do well, you know a think. treatment every yeah. six I months. I mean, now, we fast tracked the know? hell out of this, thing. and then and then right. five years from now it becomes one every five years, right, or yeah. whatever it may yeah. be. I don't think it m- matters. In the, in in the school for Santiago, are the what's the policy in terms of how they're handling it? Masks. What about uh, vaccinations? What about like uh, uh, no, testing you're not people? Required. I don't think the vaccination is required, but you are. But but, but they are tested yeah. once a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm happy to 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 share. Like I, I've already shared with Charlie, but like as it relates to like I was super disappointed with my daughter's school. Not I don't need to tell say what the school was. I don't to put on Come on, tell us. I was so disappointed that I, that we pulled her out of school. <laughs> No, you pulled, pulled her out of school? school? We pulled her, yeah, for sure. Pulled her out of school. I, and I think the reason why I pulled her out of school is because my view of what they were doing is they were, the entire orientation was around uh, protecting personal freedoms and not necessarily about creating the best environment for kids. Now, let me ask you, do they, does the school that your daughter went? was going to, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, do they require other types of vaccines? So is yeah. So that's actually interesting, right? So as it relates to yeah, as it relates to showing up to school, you have to be vaccinated. Of course, you do. Not all of them. Mm. Yeah, not all of them. Okay, and well, you can have a religious case, exception to a lot of sure. vaccines. I'm not all in this vaccines. case. You know, actually, that's a really great point. I, I, because she did not start there. Uh, I don't know. It's actually really, uh, my assumption is always that 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 she did. I did not realize well, that. I think there's just some precedent there, right? If the school does you're, not, you're require, right. So I don't know that. Uh, that's a really really good point. Uh, but I, I'll ex- this high level what the policy was. The policy was basically freedom and choice on everything, mm-hmm. right? You want to wear a mask? Great. If you don't, great. Mm-hmm. Everyone, students, teachers across the board, um, there's no requirement of vaccine. By the way, and I have issues with the requirement of vaccine, to be perfectly honest, between, between us chickens here. Um, but no requirement of vaccine. Okay, fine, right? Um, uh, also, no real consistent testing protocol for anyone. Mm-hmm. Right, there wasn't really even a, a super clear protocol for it when infection when someone comes out as being infected. In terms of at what point do you actually consider an outbreak and actually take the school school home? It was only based on whether kids were exposed were a very specific window mm-hmm. of showing of showing like physical signs. Uh, I think it was forty eight hours of actually having like symptoms, and only if there was within forty eight hours of having symptoms, then would that basically would they consider to be exposure to everyone mm-hmm. else, um, and. For all those reasons, I was super concerned because my daughter, unlike your son, falls in the age group where she doesn't have right. the freedom or choice to even consider vaccination. She's not sure. old enough. Mm-hmm. And even at that stage where they were saying that, you know, the teachers, basically the policy was like if they get close enough to the kids, they'll wear a mask, which is like, <laughs> what does that mean, right? right. Um, and... The, when the, as soon as this, and, and then the last thing, which is the reason why it really, it really got me, is the fact that this was announced less than five school days before school started. Wow. So if you're going to go with a policy that goes against what the state, what the city, what, to some extent you can say the country is kind of going with, although there's obviously regions and, and, and states that have a different policy, then give me at least enough heads up so that I know what you're doing to give me an ability to make a decision one way or another. Especially because there was no choice given that if you didn't agree with that, there was no other version in terms of like there was no like at home schooling, any of that. If you want to do that, remote learning, there was none of that. Sure. At least give me enough heads up to know that you're going to go counter to the guidance 
of the city and the state, mm-hmm. at least is what is perceived to be what the policy is, so that we can make an actual choice. Yeah, and I, I think mean, for all the reasons why it was to me a non-starter. And what was interesting, I just found out that because school already started, there is, I know of at least one parent, I'm sure I've been more than, of where they did go first year of school and have then pulled out their kid because mm-hmm. what they realized is like, it's like COVID never existed. Like sure. they walked into the class, no one is wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. None of the teachers are wearing masks. They're not even handy. Like they're not even like nowhere close to their like their face, mm-hmm. because if the whole policy is like, oh, if we get close enough to your kid, then we'll put it on. Mm-hmm. No, because the reality is the response people are gonna have are like, oh, great. They sure. won't have to worry about it. As a matter of fact, I even saw a parent well, post on what Facebook, it... which is even better, was like, because this is a Christian school that she sure. was going to, was saying, the post started. Thank God for for our our school, our administrators, our principal for standing up for our freedoms. It wasn't for creating the best dynamic for our kids, for doing the right thing for our kids. No, 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 for standing up for our freedoms. I mean, to me, like, well, but I get their freedoms, but, like, why are we, like, talking about the most important thing, which is our kids? Like, well, that should be the starting point of the conversation. For them, that, that is the best thing for their kids, no, right? No, them is, no, no, no. For them is, like, my personal freedoms are more important than anyone else within, within than my kids because that's not the orientation. The orientation, like, for doing the... If, and, and I think we have to be really clear with language. If I say, this is the best thing for my kid, great. Okay. You believe this is the best thing for your kid? Okay, I understand sure, that. Sure, no, I get, I get what right? you're but saying. But when you say, right? no, 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 for my freedom as an adult, like, what, what are you talking about? If but it was for my freedom, the, I should be able to walk into school right? that's smoking the one thing. a joint because of my about, personal freedom. We're either talking about personal freedom or we're talking about protecting a community. Right, that's, that's what one, I mean. It's like, And if, you're, if your school's policy was... Or doing the best thing for your kid is like... Personal and freedom, then you're already, you know. That's my problem. 180 degrees. Right. And by the way, that post ended with, "See you guys on, on whatever Tuesday, first day of school with no mask." That's how the post. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and when I see them, I'm like, "Yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen." When you mm-hmm. put out this kind of policy, it's not surprised when that's the response to you. Sure. Get. And sure. that was the, the reason why it was a non-starter. Dude, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, no, and we and I was super sad. I wasn't even upset with the school. I was just sad. Right. That we had to pull my daughter out. Right. Out of the school. What did the school she, tell you? Because her last, especially her last teacher, man, her third grade teacher, loved her. She's awesome. I have her, I can send her text messages. She, mm-hmm. I love her third grade teacher. Mm-hmm. Is she cute? No, no she's kidding. like, no, she's an older lady. No, he she's just like, said no. She's, well, Damn. Well, I don't know, man. She's like, I don't know. She's like 60. She's, the answer's she's a always, nice lady. of course she is. She's, she's not nice my type. But she's yeah, a super exactly. nice lady. It's not like that. It's a super, super nice, super nice lady. Very thoughtful. Walked right, walked right into that one. Uh, Look, I think, I think the thing that you've got for sure is the, is the short notice, and that seems um, inexcusable for sure. Um, yeah, you know, but at the, at the same time, yeah. right, a lot of schools weren't, uh, you know, we we're, over the last few months or weeks, we were all kind of standing on edge seeing what is going to be the policy, what is going to happen, because the Delta variant is fairly new, right? And so yeah, yeah. The, I, get, I get that, Marcos, but when you're going to take a stance that is contrary to what the whole state and city is doing, you might as well tell then people. Then give people a heads that. up earlier. You knew that we, months ago. Right. That's, that's my point. It's like, right. you're not going to follow what you, the country is doing. But, give but, people a heads up. But the counter to the state or CDC stuff, I mean, they've been counter to their own things one month after another. Like, I mean... Not as it relates to kids wearing masks in schools. No, that's the way the policy ended at the end of the year. It hasn't... That hasn't changed. There was never a policy that came off and say, as it relates to being in school, don't worry about wearing masks. 
That never happened. There was, there was, there was well, debate about that. That never happened. It never happened. So, what, what I read so, so what I'm saying and, is like. Yeah. And like, you, you sent me this message that this school sent to you. What I read or remember reading was that it was up to the parent to decide whether or not the child would do this. Of course. So not that Just, you can choose yourself. It, Right, I mean that's a difference. Well, but, but no, it's not the difference. Like when you're sitting in a school, in a, when, when you're nine years old, mm-hmm. think about being having social pressure. When you're nine years old and everyone in your class is not wearing a mask, how how quickly do you think it takes for the nine year old to feel the social pressure that even your teacher is wearing a mask that you can actually 100%, keep a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I believe in ninety nine point nine percent of the places in the country, the pressure is the opposite direction. It's I wear it, a mask. It depends no on what. where you are. We literally have a state of Florida who's like, who the schools are saying, don't pay my salary if they're going to third my salary. If we're at school district, we're going to, we're fine. You want to go after me with my salary? You're going to go after me as a school district? We're still going to go against your decision because you're having more cases, more people hospitalized than we ever did in the peak of COVID because what, of let policy. Me, let, let me ask, which is let me ask you both the question. exact same policy that both, this school is Let me ask you about the question. What percentage? Because I look, I acknowledge that. Social customs are important, mm-hmm. even beyond binary, scientifically proven things. Okay, and I'm not, you know, masks sure. work, but even beyond that, there's a social custom that's attached to this, where it's like, I'm caring for you, I'm trying to be safe, and mm-hmm. that means something, right? Mm-hmm. What percentage, if you guys were to create a pie chart of the amount of like social custom? that is about mask wearing, would you rate? In other words, is be, because I've seen the data recently mm-hmm. showing the effectiveness, right? And I like you and I have talked about this before, masks work. Yes. Two masks are better than one. Sure. Three are better than two. Mm-hmm. Four are better than three. Mm-hmm. You can always tweak another number. Mm-hmm. So I realize that they work. The answer is they do. But my question is how much of the wearing of the mask do you think is a social contract it's a social convention, is a symbol, let's mm-hmm. call it that, sure. of you saying, I care for you. And how much of it is this actually stops something from being transmitted or, or ingested? Uh, Go ahead, Marcos. Uh, are, are, are they mutually exclusive? No, they're not. No, no I'm just saying, like, if you were to it's have just, a pie chart. Yeah, like, well, I, I, I get it, it but I think it, that, there's, that, there, that there's a number of people that do it for both reasons, right? I mean, uh, they... they I don't I don't necessarily see it as one or the other, right? To give you a percentage, right? 50-50 or whatever it may be. I think yeah, certainly that there's a a number of people out there that are doing it just because they feel obligated. There are a number of people out there who are doing it to, you know, uh, make a point of them caring. Uh, and 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 there are a lot of us out there who who put them on because they work, right? Um Yeah, I do understand what you're saying. I I see it as, um, I think it depends on the age group that you're in and the options that you have. So I know a number of people who have chosen for a number of different reasons to not be vaccinated, right? And they kind of span the spectrum. People that fall squarely in the conservative side, people that fall in the more liberal progressive side that I I was actually a little surprised to hear about that, but they're also like, hey, for a reason. And people that fall in the independent side are neither one, but also for no reason don't want to get Uh uh, vaccinated. My point of view on them is like, if you're an adult at this point and you have a choice to it and you choose not to do it, while I may not, that's not my choice that I've taken, but at the same time, like I also respect, I I use one of the things that you you talk about quite a bit, Charlie, which is the price of freedom is also being okay with, Things happening that I'm not okay with. 
Because the alternative is not having freedom, and then everyone gets to do one thing. So I've actually that's going back to what did I learn in terms of conversation? Which there, like, that's actually, one. And I agree with that statement. Like yeah. even if it really bothered me, like yeah, but if it comes down to like having you know a this like iron fist of like everyone do this and screw it, no more freedoms or freedoms, but with people that I may not disagree with, I'd rather have that second version than mm-hmm. not. And I'm okay with it. What I have an issue with goes back to. And it's a very selfish point of view because I happen to have a kid that is in that age group. Mm-hmm. That when you're in a kid where your only option having some protection is is to wear a mask, I have a really hard time where we're not even willing to do that part. Not even the bare minimum. And even if some of it to say the effectiveness, how effective is it? It's actually a really interesting study that just came out. Um, I was going to put it on this topic. We didn't get to it. That Georgia Tech did. Out of us, they basically looked at at the school district in North Carolina. We were just at Georgia Tech last yeah, week. Yeah, and they actually ago. did a study where they looked at the effectiveness of wearing masks, the effectiveness of wearing masks and doing testing. The fact, right, and they looked at it at both elementary school, middle school, and then high school. And what they estimated that if if basically kids are not wearing any basically free free form, no wearing any mask, that within I think it was a ninety day period. 90% of the kids that will be in the school will ultimately end up being effect, uh, infected, mm-hmm. right? And now they're making a bunch of assumptions. They're assuming that 30% of the, com- the kids that came in already were at least sick or some way that where they have some antibodies, sure. so not everyone's already sick. So they're saying that there's like a 60% fill-in. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get it. Right? And then they put it at, you know, much, much lower, like significantly lower, like a third, like, yeah, about a third of, of, of kids get infected if they're both being masked and they also have, like, are being tested regularly, right? So you could sort of think about it as a progression from there. My point with the part that I, I'm frustrated with is that we're, doing, we're willing to do absolutely nothing to protect these kids who don't have the choice to get mm-hmm. a vaccine. That's, my, that's, that's what bothers me. It's, like, if my daughter was 15 and I was yeah. like, hey, listen, like, if you're also not willing to do it and you want to take the gamble, then part of it is you're, you are making the choice that to some extent you're saying, if I don't want to get uh, a vaccine, I am making the, the adult choice of saying, I'm probably okay actually getting sick. And I'm okay if there's a risk there of getting sick, but I think for a reason and, that, and, I may have, and, that I'm actually okay with that more than whatever downside yeah, there may be of getting just vaccinated. Just one clarifying question, because I, I agree I with what that. you just said, but is your fear about your daughter – and her inability to have a choice in whether or not to get the vaccine and all that. Is that driven by her potential transmissibility or the impact it's, it's on more her on that for sure. It's on more on that because my parents, because my dad specifically, yeah. both of my parents are in the, in the high risk area. But my dad has had cancer twice. I understand that. And, yeah, you, yeah. Know, you know, I've talked about this. Like my yeah. orientation with this was definitely like, I just want them to stick around longer. Sure. I get it. Right? I so understand that. Yeah. I don't want to contribute to that. I don't want my daughter to contribute and, to and that. And I think unknowingly, that, that and, only, we see, and we see my parents a lot. We see them every weekend. Yeah. Right. That only bolsters your your point right. though, because it's it just seems like a very principal point because the statistics on kids your daughter's age actually contracting it, getting sick. Yeah, they're, it's, they're fairly low. And it I mean, happens. No, no, fa- fairly. I mean, extraordinarily minimal. And they can get low. sick and you yeah. get that. Most people yeah. don't survive, but they also can pass it on. And that's that's, well, that's, and like, that's, that's my that's issue that's with it. Yeah, that's my issue with it. And mm-hmm. my issue is the lack of anything, to do anything I to try to protect them. That's what, that. that's what. That's my frustration. I understand like, that. Mm-hmm. Do one thing to protect them. Mm-hmm. Like I get it. Like your point about two, three masks. Yeah, sure. Ten masks, maybe more. But can we start with one? Can we start with one thing? Just right. do one. Just do like, one. Just do one. Whatever that I one think is. That's fair. Just just do one. I totally I but when I hear personally, I totally agree none, with you. It's like, 
Okay. Then we, we have a big disconnect. In right. As as Marcos has looked at his watch 86 times in the I, last I'm, 10 minutes. I'm obviously so 86, 86, 86 times. times about this one. No, it's good. No, no, no. I'm just, as you know, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly under the weather. I'm a little tired. That's no, it. I know. I know. I know you are. Marcos, um, what should people be uh, tracking of your work? Oh, Lord. Uh, well, you know, the, it, 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 you can't talk about work before it comes out. Right, so we've got a few uh, interesting campaigns and a couple more shows that are uh, that are that are gonna. Uh, What's been one that you've been like really proud of that I, I was already life that you're particularly excited about that you can't talk about? Look, that's my mother on the line. You want to? Yeah, her let's in? put her on, no, put her on gonna, the show. No, we're not gonna patch her in. Bye Why not? I'll call her back in a minute. <laughs> oh, that actually would have been kind of cool. Uh, right? Well, you know, I I, I executive produced the show. Uh, Señora Klein, exactly. ¿Cómo estás? Este. I, I EP'd that uh, Reventón de Verano, a great, uh, great live uh, mm-hmm. show for... This is the one with J Balvin? And uh, Anheuser-Busch. No, 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 it wasn't J Balvin. It was uh, Maluma. Uh, there's a lot of people. Yeah, Maluma was... He was the big Prince one, though, right? Maluma. We had Maluma. We had Mike Towers. Uh, we had Becky G. Becky G. Becky G That's in right. L.A. That was a, that, that was a great, uh, great, uh, you know, four-hour-long live show, but we did all of the uh, concerts... Uh, uh, in 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 different countries and or different parts of the country, um, and it was a rave, you know raving success. A lot That's of people awesome. loved it, so that was a lot of fun. A lot awesome. of fun. I don't get to do live too often, right? Most right. of the stuff that we do is uh, is 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 taped. What about on the comedy side? You've had a few that have come out since the last time we spoke. Have new shows? At least one I know of. The Alan Saldana one came out, I guess, yeah. right? We did that one right smack in the middle of the pandemic. That's the one that you filmed at uh, Topgolf in, yeah, in Monterrey, Monterrey, Monterey, Monterey, Mexico. Mexico. Right. There's a Topgolf in Monterrey. Yeah, so tell us, just do the really quick version of that, of how you guys actually did that. Tell us more about how Mexico was like in the middle of COVID, right? Mexico is golf. It was in the middle of COVID. Those backward people? Yeah, exactly. Jesus. In the middle of COVID bunch of restrictions yeah. the podcast shot and yeah. you guys came up with a pretty creative solution of how to well, do which a was doing comedy it show in the top golf right because it's almost like a you know for people who aren't familiar with top golf it's almost like a bowling alley in yeah. the sense that you know except that it's golf probably, you, they it probably wouldn't describe it that way but except that it's outside and it's, it's golf in terms of the functionality it looks of it, nothing like a bowling alley people, right? it is like Functionality. Ten times the size of, of a bowling alley. So basically nothing like a bowling alley. in groups, <laughs> hitting balls. <laughs> Which uh, you don't do in, 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 uh, in bowling either, by the way. Them, you, right? you, you roll the ball. Them. But and, uh, outside but of the mechanic size Ultimately uh, what it allowed was the uh, distance between them and the performer. So we were able to put the stage in the middle of the... Uh, it looked the good, driving man. range. It looks fucking yeah, great. Yeah, it looked great. It looked great. <clears throat> of course, it looks great. And 350 extras, and we did it twice, of course, because you got to do those twice. Awesome. Um, and you guys end up micing up the, the like, the like where they're sitting, right? So you can actually get yep. feedback from the crowd. Yep, 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 yep. And feeding That's it back, cool. and more, almost more the, importantly, but feeding it back to, to the, the comedian, comedian right? Yeah, yeah. Because that, uh, that notion of having, you know, you're in front of a live audience, you want that feedback For sure. from them live, right? It, uh it, it 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 motivates you. Super. So uh, so yeah, that was a, that was a great one to perform very well, and uh, you know we have a few more of them uh, in the pipeline. Nice, Can Marcos. It's uh, altered.la. That's right. Very good. So people can check out altered.la and follow Marcos and all of his team's work on all good stuff. One thing what do you I think I wanna, is this? Yeah. Well, first of all. Uh, well, thank you, Marcos. Thank yeah. you for no. thank you for being happy yeah. birthday, guys. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. For, this is awesome. uh, for number two. By the way, this is not just by coincidence. Marcos was uh, out of all of our guests, our most successful guest. What in terms of like the highest performing Ooh. episode? And we've, and we've had right. like big we've, people. We've had on some our big, show. Yeah, some big people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, did so they, Marcos did, killed did, them. Did they not share it? They did. Even the ones that have that shared it. Know. Yeah, Marcos. I'm, I'm not yeah. convinced they did, but um, <laughs> he did the best. Uh, I, I am. 
by the but, way. I'm uh, convinced Marcos that they did. Marcos has a lot of cousins in Mexico. It's <laughs> a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, well, no, it was, actually, it was actually a pretty big show. It was, it was actually a my big mother who listened to it 100,000 times. Yeah, a little unfair. He had two shows for one, so. That is a slightly unfair, but right. still pretty good. Um, no, listen, I think, look, we've, we've had, I think, a great year of, of learning about this uh, with you. I definitely appreciate all of the, the people that have, like, literally pulled me to the side and giving me a lot of feedback on the show. Because it actually, like, talks about the people that actually listen to it. Like, mm-hmm. it's been really interesting right. hearing yeah, that. I got sure. feedback. Yep. And also the appreciation that people have brought to us. And we hear it all the time with the people like, hey, like, I'm really, it's really interesting how you guys talk about some of these issues. So I think, I think we've scratched a little bit of a niche, at least in some, some people, which is great. Um, as part of that, we do have an, a, a live survey that we've been putting out. Mm-hmm. So if you don't get a chance, like, please take a look at uh, our any of our social platforms. Well, we're going to put Brown, it in the show notes, too. Put in the show notes. But we have, do have a, a live survey where we really want to hear from you um, of what, you know, the show, what works, what doesn't, how we can change it. Because we're hoping this is, you know, as we mentioned, we're in the middle of, of hopefully finalizing a, a deal here to get us much more broadly distributed. And we want to make sure that at the end of the day, it's not just a fun thing for us to do, but that it actually serves purpose. And uh, we'd love to get your feedback. Absolutely. Marcos, thank you for joining us, Guys, brother. again, congrats. Super good. I'm incredibly, you know, incredibly grateful for being brought on again and uh, super happy for you guys. And I can't wait to see what the next uh, 12 months brings. You're the first uh, double time, the second yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Am I? First one. First one. Highest performing. Won't be the last one. Won't be the last one. Won't be the last one. No. You got to bring me on for the first one. When you, I think uh, we'll bring you on for uh, the second year anniversary. Something. There you go. Bring so, me on. Anyway, thank you, Marcos. Thank you for joining us. Everybody, please check out altered.la and follow Marcos and all his team and their work and all the good things that they're doing. Uh, Check us out. Um, Please support our work. It takes time and energy and resources to do this. www.patreon.com backslash the diversity remix. And we've got a lot of fun shows coming up for you in the next few weeks. Looking forward to seeing you again next time on another episode of TDR. If you enjoyed this episode of the Diversity Remix, please remember, first of all, to subscribe and help us to spread the word. Tell your friends, family, coworkers, and give us a five-star review. We're available on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you get your listening fix. And lastly, please remember to stop by blackbrown.us, the creator of this podcast, and take a look at our work and our approach at the intersection of diversity and business. The Diversity Remix is produced by Leo Gomez with production services by Jose Manuel Durquidi and Luis Diego Carranza and our friends at Juan Diego Network. The Diversity Remix is a production of Black Brown. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.